This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Election College, episode number 235. Edwin Stanton, part two. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. So it's 1860, and you know a lot of the criticism about James Buchanan, right? That he wasn't that strong of a leader. Basically, Edwin Stanton stands up and says, hey, buddy, president, you need to take a strong stand because states are wanting to secede and they can't do it. Buchanan's like, uh, oh, okay, maybe. We'll see. (laughs) He may or may not listen. Yeah, and this is kind of the weird time in our history where, well, every time in our history is kind of a weird time if you think about it with regard to political affiliations. But at this time, the Whig Party is kind of going out. The Republican Party is really coming in full force. We've got the Democrats, you know, they're always changing a little bit, but kind of still have always been around, well, at least as far back as anybody wants to remember. And uh, we see, you know, a little bit of shift. So, Edwin Stanton is kind of shifting from the Democratic Party over to the Republican Party, and it, this isn't necessarily a, you know a change of his beliefs. It's almost more of a combination of maybe changing a few things here and also new parties forming with new ideas. So it's really a and you know it's it's one of the more interesting times, and I I would almost equate it in some senses to our current day climate where you know parties are changing and parties are a little different even than they were like 30, 40 years ago. Um, and, you, you know, you see people move to the opposite poles. Well, at, at the time of Stanton, they were moving towards almost similar um, poles. So, uh, yeah, anyway, it's just a whole mess. Anytime you get parties involved, just listen to, to Washington, right? I mean, he says don't get parties involved. Don't get parties involved. Yeah, I mean, my goodness. We should just listen to him over and over again. Anyway... So Lincoln gets elected to be the president, and he chooses Simon Cameron to be the Secretary of War. Now, if you know anything about Simon Cameron, very interesting figure in our history that probably doesn't get talked about a whole lot. But really, he's leading the War Department, and he's not really doing that strong of a job. Um, He's operating the department 
on this old spoil system and he kind of knows that he needs to go but you know stanton hasn't necessarily been the loyal republican prior to this and what are you gonna do so (laughs) um the war department had actually been called the lunatic asylum by many in washington and leaders in congress did not care for cameron very much at all so it really was congress versus the war department well stanton is over there and he's like yeah I'll do a really good job for you. And um, what ends up happening is Stanton becomes one of Lincoln's best advisors when it comes to the war. You've got characters like McClelland who didn't take orders very well. Uh, Time and time again, you've got uh, different people who are fighting in battle but are not necessarily doing exactly what Washington is telling them to do. And Stanton steps in and is strategizing with Lincoln. And they pretty much form a dynamic duo. Yeah, so Lincoln and Stanton continue working together through the Civil War. And it is because of a lot of Stanton's actions that things turned the way they did in various parts of the Civil War. So that is a conversation that we could have for years uh, talking about anything to do with the Civil War, but especially Lincoln and Stanton during the Civil War. So uh, we'll just skip kind of ahead to the end of the Civil War, because what we need to know is that the North won, or I guess the country won, and everybody came back together, and it was all peachy keen and everything like that. Everybody knows there was no you know, animosity after the fact, which I'm being heavily sarcastic in case you can't tell. So on April 13th, Lincoln invites Stanton and Grant and of course their wives, to go with him and his wife to Ford's Theater to see a play. And, uh, you know, they decided they didn't want to go. Uh, First of all, Stanton and Grant's wives were pretty close. They were kind of tight. They liked to hang out together. And maybe they didn't care for Mrs. Lincoln. It's possible. Didn't want to go alone. But they ended up finding other excuses and and didn't go. But uh, as we know, President Lincoln was shot that evening. And... Stanton ends up going back home that night. He didn't really know what was happening, you know, outside of that. But he goes to see Secretary Seward during that time, which we're going to talk about Seward uh, next episode. And he ends up going to bed and then being alerted, Mr. Seward is murdered. And uh, he rushes downstairs and he hears that President Lincoln is potentially dead as well. And he tries to leave. He tries to go and he's told, no, you can't go out. There's somebody out there. You'll die if you go outside, basically. And he ends up saying that, forget that. And he goes, uh, gets a taxi, goes over to Seward's house. Yeah, it's kind of interesting about Stanton's personality because whenever something good would happen in the war and he would go out and speak to whoever would listen to him, he would be pretty emotional. And, you know, I would envision him being kind of a crier in a way. Um, But throughout the evening and um, into the next couple of days, Stanton just totally turns into like, Mr. I'm going to lock down everything, you know, fishing boats that were out on the Potomac. They were not allowed to 
come back to the shore. They called in um, the New York Police Department to um, search for um, John Wilkes Booth. He really goes after anyone and everyone who plotted to kill Lincoln. Probably one of the most notable people he went after was Mary Surratt, who, um, you know, it was kind of a big deal to go after a female, and that's exactly what he did. And uh, not only are we going to capture you, we're going to put a bag over your head. And, yeah, the bag will have a hole in it so you can eat and breathe. But, yeah, we're going to take swift action, and we all know what happened there. So at this point, Stanton is a pretty important guy in our government. He is kind of running the show. He's one of the few who knows what's going on after you know the leadership has been shaken up and changed around, and uh, he's filling in gaps where they need filled. And Johnson comes into office, and he retains Edmund Stanton. He decides not to not to kick him out, and he says, "Yeah, I could use your experience. You know what you're talking about." And he stays around. Well, we all know from hopefully the last couple episodes about President Johnson, he gets impeached shortly later. And Johnson gets impeached a little while later. Uh, He does end up getting acquitted. But after he gets acquitted, Stanton's like, I have had enough of this. I don't need to be involved in any of these things. I'm just going to leave. So he resigns. And, you know, Johnson kind of turns on him and says you know anybody who wants him to get impeached who wanted him to be thrown out black-hearted jerks basically and uh he's like well whatever i've had a good run i'll leave that's fine but he also was in a really bad state of health and you know he'd been having health problems his entire life but also then during the war and things like that he had devoted so much time and energy to the government that his health and his finances were suffering and so really after he resigns he's got like a little bit of cash and a 500 hundred dollar loan and uh decides hey i guess it's time to take law back up Yeah, so he does go back to private life there in Ohio, but the Republicans, being all Republican-y and uh, party-happy, they want him to run for office, but he just can't do it. He's, He's ill. So Stanton does return to his law practice, and he argues cases in uh, Pennsylvania federal court about some disputed uh, lands um, that West Virginia was claiming that they had rights to. He would also argue in front of the United States Supreme Court um, after hearing of um, one of the justices was going to retire, and he's like, hey, um, is this person, this replacement, really going to be suitable? Um, But all the while... Stanton, and keep in mind, he's only in his mid-50s. Stanton's like, you know what? I'm going to die soon, so I better make some preparations for this. And what would happen is he'd think he would be dying, and then he'd have a second win. And then he thought he was dying, and he'd have a third win. But then finally, on the night of December 23rd, 1869, which was just a few days after his 55th birthday. He complains of pains in his head, neck, and spine. And uh, Surgeon General uh, Joseph Barnes uh, says, yep, your your breathing is is not very good, and um, this isn't good. Call call the preacher because 
I don't think you're going to last. And on Christmas Eve of 1869, Stanton passes away. Yeah, so President Grant at that point wants to have a state funeral. And Mrs. Stanton was like, no, I want this to be really simple. I don't want it to be a big to-do. And Grant's like, okay, well, in some senses I'll give you that, but we're still going to offer for, you know, we're going to make sure all the public offices are closed. Raiments of sorrow will be draped on the federal buildings, etc. And uh, they, they lowered some flags to ask staff, and, you know, there's gun salutes happening all across the country. So on December 27th, artillerymen carry his body to the parlor of their home, and pretty much the whole crew, President Grant, Vice President Colfax, the entire cabinet, the entire Supreme Court, a bunch of senators, representatives, etc. They all come to Stan's funeral. And uh, they end up after the, uh, the eulogy is said, his casket is drawn to the Oak Hill Cemetery. And there's just a, you know, a big to do about it. So uh, he is laid to rest beside his son, who had died when he was an infant, and he's carried to his final resting place. Yeah, so you don't hear a lot about Stanton, and uh, it's interesting, Ben, because here, basically, all the territory between where I live and where you live uh, is Stanton territory, and there, uh, to this day, are schools named after him. Uh, There's a neighborhood in Pittsburgh named after him. But his legacy is one that, well, basically Civil War buffs know a lot about, but a common person may not even know that, yeah, he actually helped win the war for the Union. He helped solidify uh, the government during a time of great uncertainty after Lincoln was um, assassinated and uh, just an all-around patriotic American who hopefully we are bringing some light into uh, his legacy and that, you know, books will be written and podcasts will be said and the, the legacy of Stanton will live on. Yeah. So that's a lot of stuff about Edwin Stanton and we hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we also hope that you would enjoy it so much you would leave us a review over on iTunes. That's right. Even if you don't use iTunes to download or listen to your podcast, head over and leave us a hopefully five-star review and a couple nice words, and we would really greatly appreciate that. As we always say, when we find out we have a new review, we do the happy dance. And the happy dance is something we love to do. Hey, we also enjoy hearing from you on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Election College. Don't forget about those Christmas sweater t-shirts. We are always talking about them on social media because, well, that's the thing you do. Love to have you uh, purchase uh, one and uh, show your support for the podcast. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller.
Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.